Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to Fandom Talk. We have a fantastic episode of the Fandom Lounge for you all. If you haven't listened to this part of the show before, Fandom Lounge is really just kind of a really just kind of a easy easy kind of podcast to listen to where we just kind of talk about the different stuff that we've been doing this past week, different things that have been going on in the world of fandom. And uh, yeah, so, you know, kick back, grab yourself a snack, grab a little drinky, you know, do what you got to do and hang out with us in the lounge. And today in the lounge, you know my voice. I'm the editor-in-chief, Jacob Vance Hardesty. We also have with us today, returning to the podcast, what the wise sage, Josh Hardesty. Josh, how you doing? I've been doing well. I've been... Uh... Been on my sage retreat, traveling mm. the world, mm. learning more about GI Joe. Naturally, Ooh. naturally, as as you know, as I, one does. You know what I found out? What did you find out? There's literally nothing else for me to learn about GI Joe. I know it all. <laughs> know it all. Every single bit of it. Well, you did learn that Flint's uh, shotgun from. Uh... I did learn. Yes, 1985 <laughs> Flint's shotgun. If you have it, it's a piece of gold. It's going for like thirty to seventy dollars. Just the shotgun. <laughs> I, for the record, I know y'all were worried. I do have it. <laughs> <laughs> we also have joined with us in the Phantom Lounge today our good friend Al Manley, the Red Lantern himself. Al, you doing all right tonight, man? Um, yeah, I'm doing wonderful. Um, I'm so excited that um, that Josh's um, uh, Josh's awareness and knowledge of all things GI Joe is now complete. I can't wait to pop on the. Um, the second live action film and watch him just just quote every line just mm-hmm. verbatim as it as it said so mm-hmm. so i'm pretty hyped for that <laughs> yeah, exactly i feel like we it's should do i feel like we should do snake eyes for horror fest one year it because is, here's the is. thing it's a it, scary movie it fits it fits <laughs> in that one it's a quite frightening movie if you ever it, it just like makes you feel like your dreams are going up in smoke you know so yeah I was uh, horrified. I was horrified as I was watching it. I wasn't even horrified as I was watching it because I'm because like I'm not really like a GI Joe fan. I don't really know a lot about it. I was horrified because I was sitting beside Josh and just kind of watching him a bit more than I was watching the movie. And I don't think I've ever seen Josh so so crestfallen with each line. I think mm-hmm. is the word I'm gonna go with. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I was just sad, man. You were like an NPC in like a in like a Dark Souls game. You're just yeah. <laughs> you're just very sad. You said a lot of vague, confusing things that I didn't really understand. <laughs> it was it was a rough experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah very much vague, <laughs> like a Dark Souls. That's probably fair. That's yeah. definitely fair. Just vague, confusing things. I just walk up to me, hit A, and I'm just like. So like they didn't even mention Tiger Force. <laughs> uh, they've been talking about Tiger Force, so no. Then in the next room, like some like here's an Arashikage amulet. It's plus two in attack. Well <laughs> 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 that's uh that is a perfect segue into our first uh, question, actually. Okay. Oh, uh, wow. I can't yeah. wait to see what this question is. Because we're going to start off talking about video games. Oh, wow. so, so, yeah. So, it is perfect. Um, Al, I know you are just raring to go. Um, because you messaged the group chat this week and told mm-hmm. us that you played a game that is currently your contender for Game of the Year. Yes, so, I did. Can you please go ahead and tell us a little bit about that? 
I would be happy to. So Sonic the Hedgehog Frontiers is one of the more innovative titles. <laughs> um, um, no, I'm joking. Um, I have heard that game's really good. I haven't had it yet. But anyway, um, no, I picked up um, Resident Evil 4 Remake. Um, last week, last weekend, yeah, Last weekend, um, I went down to um, the Game Exchange in Lexington, Kentucky. Shout out to the Game Exchange um, for being an independent user video game shop. You guys are great. Um, and they actually had um, a brand spanking new copy of Resident Evil 4 Remake because they order the new copies of the new games as they come out. But um, yeah, I'm going to pick that up. And um, I played through it. And yeah, that's one of the that is one of the best video games I've I've ever played, uh, to say <laughs> to, to put it simply. Uh, Resident Evil Four, the original, is often hailed as like the best Resident Evil game. Um, it's often in contention whenever like the best games of insert console um, discussion is brought up. So like you know it's always brought up in it in conversation of best. PlayStation 2 game, best game on the GameCube, all that stuff. Um, and, yeah, like, um, I think I, I texted the group chat on my second night of playing it. Oh, excuse me. That um, that RE4 remake is probably, like, the new standard of quality for the franchise. Um, I would say the last one was, like, probably Resident Evil 2 remake. But, um, yeah, man, like, it's just... It's just well made. It retains all of the stuff that made the original so great and improved upon the things that like hadn't aged the best about the original. And like it adds some new stuff and all of the new stuff is excellent. It, um, it makes you really engage with the game and the mechanics and the story. Um, yeah, man. That game rocks. Like it's really, it's really early in the year, but like Resident Evil Four Remake, uh, it's gonna take a lot to kind of um, dislodge that one um, as game of the year for me. Like it's, it's like, as a Resident Evil fan, it's like everything I could have asked for in a remake of a very of an already very very excellent game. Yeah, I uh, I can't wait to play it, man. Honestly, um, it is it is one of those I will probably be getting it next month after we have our uh, long overdue vacation. Um, but uh, sure. but yeah, I'm I'm really excited to jump back in because that is one of one of my favorite games, and I loved everything about Resident Evil Two Remake. Um, I am curious about your thoughts on this though. Uh, <clears throat> do you think they should go for that kind of style for Resident Evil Nine? Um, I know. Village really kind of has a definitive end to, in my opinion, that kind of style of gameplay. Um, but I could easily see them going back to Village or maybe, or that's kind of style of like the first person view. Or do you think they should go to kind of the style that they're working on within the remakes? So uh, that is a very good question. So after having played uh, not only Resident Evil full remake, but um, I kind of had like a, I'm a Resident Evil, like, inging a little bit uh, when I played, um, like, in anticipation for um, the RE4 remake coming out. Because um, 
I replayed um, Leon A and Claire P of Resident Evil 2 Remake. And then I replayed Resident Evil Village in the added third-person mode that was added as like uh, the um, as part of the DLC. Um, and then I played RE4 Remake. Um, and like after playing all of those and comparing it um, to Village and Biohazard, um, especially under Village as it originally uh, was released with like the first person view, like I really think that the third person over the shoulder kind of viewpoint is like really when Resident Evil is at its best probably as far as like the gameplay goes. Um, I really enjoyed the first person view of Biohazard and Village. I thought it was a good way to kind of shake things up and kind of get some new feet under the franchise after on um, the miscues of Resident Evil 6. Um, so I thought uh, that was a really fun innovation. But um, yeah, the third person view is, I think will always be kind of how I prefer to play Resident Evil games. I think it's just, um, I'm sure a lot of that is because that's what I'm used to um, now after so many years. But um, yeah, we'll see. I can see them going back to first person, but like after such a positive response to Resident Evil 4 Remake and stuff, I, um, I'd be surprised if they did. I wouldn't say I'd be shocked, but like I, I kind of feel like they're heading back in to more the traditional view as the games go on. Sure. Yeah, I think, I think that makes sense. Uh, yeah, Resident Evil 9 can't get here soon enough, though. That's just everything about, yeah, I, I want to know where the story's going. But but anyways, yeah, moving on, though. Uh, Josh, what are you been playing this week on video games? Uh, mostly NBA 2K. Uh, I'm oh, still, yeah. still doing that. Um, I do want to point out, um, there are really really good independent games on PlayStation, uh, and I'm assuming on Game Pass, mm -hmm. and I'm assuming on Switch right now, mm -hmm. uh, that are worth picking up. Um, so, you know, definitely go and, and just search uh, the the whatever you have. Search it every now and then. Look out for stuff, because uh, also, I'm, this was a game that I had that's been on my radar uh, ever since I played her story way back in 2014 was their follow-up called Telling Lies. And uh, if you don't know what that is, you need to find out because it's really cool. Um, basically, it's a it's a game where you type in keywords and they show you videos that have that keyword. And you have to figure out a mystery based off of that. Mm. It's really interesting. And Telling Lies is the new one. And uh, so you're putting it, you're pulling out a, uh, you're trying to figure out the mystery of, uh, four different perspectives. Um, every perspective uh, is is connected, and everybody's telling lies. And you're trying to find the truth, mm. and uh, it's 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 very interesting. So uh, uh, that 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 and two K have been what I've been playing. Um, I am intrigued though. I, I want uh, there's there's games that are coming out that I'm very excited about, and one that I didn't know that that I'd be as excited about until I watched the trailer was uh, Lego Two K Racing. Mm -hmm. Have you seen this? I have not. Well, you all need to look up Lego 2K <clears throat> Racing. Okay. Um, it's a open world racing game based around Lego. Oh. You race in the world of Bricklandia. That sounds incredible. Yeah. And so mm. like, you have to build different cars based around 
um, like what type of race you are. So you could be racing in a high speed uh, jet at one point. You could be on a speedboat, and you could also be in a hamburger. Okay. Um, sure. So you know, just depending on where you need to go on that. Mm. Um, but I do think, <clears throat> I do think with this year's shaping up to be an interesting year in gaming because we do have a lot of stuff uh, on the horizon. Uh, that's coming out that uh, I really do think is going to be uh, game changing, mm-hmm. you know, for if mm-hmm. I can use that term. Sure. Um, sure. Because I mean, Resident Evil 4, as a lot is a lot of people right now, it's gotten a lot of tens. People love it. And it's no shocker because it is one of the, it's, it's a remake of one of the best games of all time. Um, and so I do wonder, you know, like <clears throat> when we look back on the end of this year, We've also come out with like the uh, Tears of a Kingdom or whatever it's called, you know, weird yes. link thing. Yeah, that weird Legend of Zelda that game. weird yeah. link thing. Tears of the Kingdom. Tears yes. of the Kingdom. But you've also got, uh, you know, for your ex, uh, for your Bethesda box fanboys, you got Starfield finally got a mm-hmm. release date. <clears throat> you've got Redfall coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Spider Man Two on mm-hmm. the horizon. There's a lot of stuff coming out, so uh, you know uh, it, it's a good time to be a to be a gamer. Plus really two is. to possibly three uh, major fighting game releases. Well, I mean, I wasn't going to mention Street Fighter Six because you know obviously I'm just you know really amped for Street sure. Fighter Six. Um, Tekken is uh, is is that coming out this year? I'd be surprised if it doesn't because every it seems like every few days they release a new character trailer, right? And they all look incredible. They're bringing a a. a, a uh, Akira Kazama back, yeah, you know, which I was shocked because she wasn't in the last one, right? She was, uh, not to the best of my knowledge, yeah, I don't think so. So I was, I was really intrigued to see her, but also June, June, uh, Kazama is coming. Well, yeah, 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 and that, uh, yeah, that was that was a big one. But they, I think Akira was the re- most recent trailer, and then Paul looks com- his his style completely looks completely different. different. Yeah, like not just how he looks, but also like the way he plays mm-hmm. looks different because normally it's all based around those, you know, those hard hitting punches. It looks like it's quicker. Mm-hmm. I don't want, but anyway, I don't want to sidetrack us on that. Sure. Um, I, I will. Uh, I will say though, I, I, this is a. I, I do want to ask real quick of, of Al uh, and and you, since you are the Resident Evil experts. You know, because ah, yes, of course. You know, you streamed several Resident Evils. Yes. Al, I know you. Uh, you and Chris Redfield are BFFs. You know. Yes, sir. So, um, sure. so I do. I, actually, what I what I really want to ask though is like. Are they going to do another remake other past Resident Evil 4? Because 5 is problematic, and then 6 is yeah. 6. 6 is 6, yeah. And if any of them needs a remake, it's probably 6, but I don't know, having played 6, I don't know if, is, is there a way to salvage that game? So, uh, I'm sorry, Al, do you want to go first or you want me to? No, no, that's all you do. So, for me, I think, <clears throat> me personally, I think they've kind of caught up. Um, on remakes, I think if they wanted to do another one, I know a lot of people really love Code Veronica, um, and maybe they could do a remake of that. It'd be kind of weird to do now. I'm gonna stop you real quick. Oh, okay. Who are these people? Um, Albie one. Al, you love Code Veronica? You're like the only person I know. Man, I love Code Veronica. You can love something, <laughs> you Carry can on. love, you can. Other thing that isn't very good, Josh. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> fair. That, that's the thing is that, you know, Code Veronica is important to the overarching story. And so they could easily, I mean, of course, the entire, the entire point of doing a remake is to make it better for like the modern kind of audiences. That's true. So, I mean, they could easily 
Although there is a part of me that almost wants to like, will you leave the the chest system on? Right. You know, exactly. like there there is a part of me that the, the like, what's there to be an option of like, do you want to potentially screw yourself over throughout the rest of this game? Right. Um, but uh, but that's if 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 they wanted to push for another remake, that'd be the next one I would do. Because the other thing is, I don't know if although it is problematic, I'm not going to deny that. Um, I don't know if Five really needs a remake because I think like a lot of those mechanics, especially on the on the HD remaster. I mean, once I played it, like it still plays pretty well, good. Supposedly, supposedly, from what I've heard, now could back up on this is that if you play Resident Evil Four remake, you will not want to play Resident Evil Four because they've made it the controls are so much better. Oh, gotcha. Well, um, Leon, Leon sometimes does move like like someone has shattered both his ankles. He he does. He, he does. <laughs> but, like. He does. I you know, mean, and part of that, I think, is intentional to, like, create more tension because mm-hmm. you're like, well, I'm a super fit man, but yeah, I can only run, like, three miles an hour. <laughs> so, like, you know, I, I need to turn and go now or else these, these cultists are going to catch up to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm very much intrigued to play Resident Evil 4. Um, I really – it's one of my favorite games ever, uh, one of my favorite – uh, just experiences in video games ever because mm-hmm. it's just every everything about that's just so much fun and there's so many moments where you can just pick out like okay you know this was great this was great um, so yeah I'm I'm I'm, in, I'm intrigued to, to play that uh, Al did you have something to add to uh, to Doctor's question excuse me that's okay um, yeah I think I think we're starting to approach the point where like uh, doing any more remakes is gonna feel kind of um it's gonna feel kind of redundant um i think resident evil 5 could use a remake because um as josh kind of alluded to you know um there isn't anything wrong with how the original re4 plays but like um re4 remake is like obvious evidence that like it can be improved so like i think an RE5 remake could work. It is very problematic of a game. And if people if people don't know what we're talking about with Resident Evil 5, you should go back and play like the opening hour or two of that game um, and see how it's aged over the years. But um, um, I do think it's salvageable, though. Uh, the way I would handle it is I would, even though it'd be kind of a contentious uh, decision, to do so, I think the story and the structuring of that game would really benefit if um, if you take a Resident Evil 5 and you remake that game to center around Shiva Sh- almost entirely um, instead of Chris, because that um, offers a much more empowered story and viewpoint throughout that game you don't have this kind of trope of like uh here comes the caucasian savior to um help this horribly cursed land you know you have a protagonist who is a lot more at home a lot more familiar with what is going on there and you can have a lot more interesting of a story being told there um and I do think we are going to get um, a Resident Evil 5 remake. Um, um, as a heads up for anybody who hasn't played Resident Evil 
for it all in the past. Um, small spoiler here, so you can skip ahead like two minutes or whatever if you care about that. Um, the end of Resident Evil 4 Remake really invests in... in Wesker um, at the end to the point that like it'd be very strange if we did not get a remake that was about him as the antagonist. So um, I do think we're getting um, an RE5 remake eventually. I do think that's um, I do think that's in their plans. I do hope they restructure it a lot though because that game has not aged very well. Um, and like with RE6, I'm all for a remake of RE6, but like you have to like start right back at the drawing board for that one. <laughs> like you have to you have to tackle it in such a way where you don't cut any of the content because we've seen with RE3 remake that that is not what fans enjoy. However, you do have to deal with the fact that after a certain point in all, you know, 18 of the campaigns that are in Resident Evil 6 about 40% of the way through, they all become the same campaign. So you have to deal with that. I mean, you just have to remake that game in like the most, in like the truest sense of that word and give everybody a truly unique story within there, um, kind of vary up the gameplay styles, kind of like what they're doing in on the mercenaries mode of RE4 where like all of the characters you can play have kind of have like their own specialties and kits that they use. Um, I think that could work and kind of add some depth into that game. But um, yeah, man, that's, that's a gargantuan task. That is, that'd be rough. So at, at the risk of making this entirely focused on Resident Evil, although Resident Evil is fantastic. Um, one way that I think they could do with six, um, because, because you are, you are absolutely right. Once a, once you get to a certain point, you're like, oh, like every character is together. Why are we, why do I have to do this separately? Um, I honestly think if they took away the ability to choose which campaign you do, and instead they made it like this kind of linear path where you just start playing and like whichever one they decide to start. I mean, Leon is technically the, is technically the one that happens first uh, chronologically, but if you just go through that and like say you play a certain amount of Leon then you switch to Chris and then you switch to Lord help me the, the who, who else is in six the, the one that isn't Ada hey, who else is in six? Uh, it's the one that's with Harry Birkin what is yeah. his name yeah uh, I'm not gonna help you uh, who is it Jake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay anyways uh the Harry Birkin's bodyguard um, <laughs> you could he's you kind could, of important because he turned into the zombie at the end or he's getting ready to I forget yeah, yeah. he does yeah he's like, what he's is his it. name in fact he might wait a sec wait, my favorite thing about that uh, my favorite thing about Resident Evil 6 so who, who's the little girl that's in the house that like uh, oh geez is it, is it one of the Birkins it, it might be one of well, the Birkins well Harry is the girl that's with him but like, but like, she's like, she's like just sitting writing like really creepily, and there's like a cutscene, then you know nothing about her after in six. Al, do you have any idea what he's talking about? Then. I, can't I don't. Know. Never mind. Yeah, I said yeah. Isn't that in seven? That? You're not talking about the girl in seven? No, it's not the girl. In, there is no. no girl. So, I mean, there is a girl in seven. There is, a girl. There is but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's not. I mean, not like that. No. <laughs> 
Well, anyways, that's that's the way that I would approach it if they if they came to me and were like, Jacob, we need you to do this. I which I thank goodness I, that is not my task. Um, but that's the way I, I would approach it because one, you would cut out, you would take a like forty five hour game or however long all the all the campaigns take, um, and cut down. I mean, a lot of fat by doing that. Um, because I because th- I think you could easily, yeah. I I, I think I think that would be the best way to do it personally. Um, uh, is his name Jake? I was about to say this is the funniest thing because like, <laughs> he has the same name as you, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> his name is Jake. His name is Jake. <laughs> <laughs> to find uh, the answer, you must look inside yourself. <laughs> Oh goodness! Um, that was the funniest thing in the world, and it's wild because, like, out of all that game, he he probably has the best campaign in the game. Yeah, I, which I is like... insane. Like, <laughs> that should not that should not be how that works. But he totally Le- does. Leon's is fun. It just you know it. <laughs> I did not like Chris at all, but except for the fact that I just love Chris. But, um, but yeah. But anyways, m- m- moving on anyway. though. Anyway, I could talk uh, all day about Resident Evil. We need to leave Resident Evil behind. Yeah, <laughs> but to another Capcom series, though. Um, just kind of talk a little bit about what I've been playing. Yeah, Jacob, uh, what have you been playing? My main my main thing recently on streams um, has been taking on the Devil May Cry series. What? Uh, and I don't want to talk too much about it because I, I you know you know I don't want to spoil anything for anyone to come check out the streams, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but but no, uh, Double May Cry has been a whole lot of fun. I've really enjoyed them. Um, the first one I think is probably one of the better PS2 games, in in my opinion. I, I need to, I would need to like sit down. I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, when you talk about PS2 games, I mean, eighty of them could be in like a top ten. Like, there are so many good games in the PS2. Um, Take the first one, and three, then. That's interesting. I don't know, man. Three, three is also really good. Yeah, that's the thing. The only one I know is not one of my favorite PS2 games is, is, is De- Devil May Cry 2. I kind of wish you finished 2. Do you? Yeah, because, like, I mean, 2 is, like, no, it's not great. But, like, it's, it's also, like, the story is so ridiculous. And, like, it's, like, my favorite thing about Devil... So, like, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, Matt McMuscles for a second. Um, and, and talk, because if, if you're not watching Mac Muscle stuff, you need to, because he does fantastic stuff. He does. And his, uh, one of my favorite what happens is Devil May Cry 2, where they talk about the fact that, like, in Devil May Cry 2, Dante's, like, depressed. And, like, if you you, you don't know why he's depressed, like, no one knows why he's depressed, because, like, you would, so, like, if you'd come in and had been played the first game and then started the second game, you'd have been like, what happened in between the first and second games to where he's not joking anymore? He's not doing any of that stuff anymore. Uh, so yeah, I just I, I I really wish you had finished it because it is such a weird tonal. I shift. just I but I get it. it. It's like it's I, so bad, and like there's so many moments where you're just like walking up the same corridor over and over and over again, you know, and just. I mean, some of the gameplay mechanics were were interesting, and they were, but but they but they were all better implemented in three. Yeah. Um. And uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I uh, for for those who, who did not know, I played about an hour and a half of that on stream and was like, I'm not touching this game again. I am moving straight to three, and I'm better for it, in my opinion. I I, th- I think uh, I I I feel better emotionally. 
Um, because Devil May Cry three is really is really damn good. Um, it has the I, I think the second vertical boss fight, although it got annoying. I really all the anytime you fight vertical in that game is one of my favorite boss fights in the history of gaming. Although they are unrelentingly difficult. Um, they're tough. And uh, yeah, they're they're rough. And and I will always stand by the fact that the penultimate boss where you have Virgil with you and they take away your ability to use um, Circle, which if you're like me, you've been using Trickster, which allows you to dash away from attacks. Um, that's one of the most difficult boss fights in the game and one of the most frustrating boss fights in the game. It's, a, it's actually, it's a bad boss fight. I, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> it is a bad boss fight. Um, because if you hit Circle, all you do is you have Virgil teleport next to you and then he just does... Who God knows what because he just stands there half the time. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I hated the the I hated the last is, is his name Arkham? Is that is that the other villain? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, I hated the Arkham fight. Um, but the rest of that game is fantastic, and uh, and the and the and the last boss fight does make up for it because it's it's an awesome fight. Um, and I've been playing four, and I really really have enjoyed four. Um, so with Neo, Nero, 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 uh, Matrix. Yes, yeah. uh, but uh, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've really been enjoying it, and uh, yeah, you guys should come check us out on Twitch. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it's just so weird that like Dante's the bad guy now, you know? Whoa, Cry Four, or whoa. is Desi? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe maybe the maybe the order was really the villains all along. Whoa. whoa. Between the creepy vampire order at the beginning of the game was like, you know, like definitely, definitely, like you know, just really they're on the up and up. Oh, well, the yeah, up and yeah, up. yeah, yeah. They're they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. Um, but yeah, but moving on. So, for those of you who do not know, <clears throat> there was a little event this past weekend. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Josh, was there, was there anything going on this past weekend? Can you think of anything? Hmm. Uh, NCAA tournament was last weekend. All right. Well, Josh has kicked off the podcast <laughs> now. Uh, <laughs> but no, we are all we are all jesting. Um, to we to the tape. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, yes, if you are unaware, then the Star Wars celebration was this past weekend. Woo. Star Wars, yeah, woo! Star Wars celebration. Um, it happens kind of sporadically. Like, they don't do it every year. They don't really have a set schedule. Um, but yeah, this one, it's like just, like last year, we had one. And it just kind of happens. It just kind of happens whenever they like <laughs> randomly decide to have one. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like a game releasing on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, it's honestly, it's like a celebration, you know. Oh, uh, by the way, guys, here's um three new games that are all available right now. <laughs> I do kind of love that about Nintendo, although it does, it does, it makes you just kind of go crazy because you're like, ah, oh, there's so much to play now. But anyways, um, yeah, Star Wars Celebration happened uh, this past weekend over in London. And if you don't know what Star Wars Celebration is, it is just the biggest Star Wars convention in the world. Um all different kinds of floor showcase where it has all the, you know, like a bunch of different vendors and a bunch of different people you can go talk to and celebrity guests and everything else like that. Um, also, if you are interested, it has a lot of really interesting panels. Um, this year was the 
40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi, so they did have a Return of the Jedi panel. Um, and it's also the 15th anniversary of the Dave Filoni Clone War, so they had a panel on that. Um, they also always do, or they have done in the last two, a higher public one, talking about the different things that are coming there. And yeah, if you want to check those out, they're all on YouTube. Check out the live uh, streams, and don't be freaked out because they're like six to seven hours long. They have a little thing on the side where you can pick and choose what you want to watch and everything. Um, but what is most important about the celebration for many is the fact that they announce a lot of new things while they while they are at the celebration. Um, what kind of things do they announce, Jacob? I'm sorry? What kind of things do they announce? Well, Al, I'm glad you asked. Uh, because we've got the official announcement that um, Bad Batch Season 3 is the next is uh, coming out next year, and it is going to be the last season of the Bad Batch, which is sad to see it go. But at the same time, I think it is a, um, a fitting... A fitting time. I think. I think it's a good thing to kind of end yeah. it before it gets too stale or gets too long. Um, yeah. I think three s- seasons is like the exact perfect amount of content for that show. Sure. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. If if you're not watching Bad Batch, man, you're you're missing out because they've they've done a lot of really cool things in that. Um, I don't want to spoil anything for season two, but season two was really really good. Um, but some of the other things they also showed <clears throat> was the official Ahsoka trailer. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Ahsoka, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Josh, awesome. how about that? We're really, we're really excited. Um, that comes out in August officially. They also revealed the trailer for Star Wars Vision Season 2, which airs Ooh. on May the 4th. Ooh, That's May the 4th really be with you, baby. May the 4th be with you. We uh, will we will not be able to watch that the day of. Uh, Josh, why, why will not why will we not be able to watch that the day of? What are we going to be doing on May the fourth? I'm going to be building a lightsaber. Yes, we Ooh. are We're building lightsabers in uh, in Disney. We're very very excited. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of other things before the big one. <laughs> well, we got new Star Wars visions. That's uh, what I just said. Oh, yeah. so, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got. Um, you never yeah, listen. I, no, I, I did listen. I don't know why, but I do want to talk about that a little more. I because, think we lost Josh at the new Ahsoka trailer. You did. No. <laughs> the thing about Star Wars Visions um, that. Because, like, I, Al, you said some of that was some of your favorite stuff. I remember you saying that in your. Uh, when, uh, when we were talking about it. Um, I would agree with that. And the thing I love about Star Wars Visions is. And, and, and I really do hope they do that more stuff like this is that there does need to be a broadening of this world, <laughs> you know, and that's what Star Wars Visions does really well, where you can be like, here's a samurai Jedi. And now here's a cartoon about a band that, yeah. you know, wants to play before Jabba the Hutt, you know, which I think is the most, one, one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm really, that, that to me was like one of the, the bigger, um, the, the bigger announcements, but before you get to your really big announcement, mm-hmm. or what I think is your really big announcement, mm-hmm. I don't want to overshadow the fact that they did something that for the Star Wars nerds that were around before the uh, the prequels have been wanting for a while, which is they set an official timeline. 
Yeah. And to understand yeah. why it's important. That might be important to some of you young pups who came in with all your all your new fancy prequels and stuff. Mm. But before the prequels, <laughs> it was really difficult to set an official timeline because George Lucas didn't care. He would literally mm. just like he just let I mean that's not um it, it, to his to like I'm not I'm not saying anything controversial there. George Lucas was like, yeah, I didn't care. You know, because like he just basically gave the rights out, and we talked about this. We talked about this with Kyle's Empire. Mm. He just basically gave the rights out, let people do whatever they want, as long as they didn't kill off any main characters. And so, like, you have all these situations where you have like the Dark Horse comic books with you know Extra Coon and the Keldrama Kids mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You also have stuff like Knights of the Old Republic, which is technically probably should have been happening around the same time. Mm-hmm. So, like, to me, the big thing that was interesting. Uh, to me, was to finally see them go, okay, Dawn of the Jedi, Old Republic, High Republic, boom, 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 getting on down the line. Sure. They've got, is it nine spot? It's nine, I right? I believe it's nine, yeah, I think so. And so, like, to me, that that's going to be very helpful because you can just basically now, it's not someone come up with the newer stuff, although maybe with your big reveal it might be helpful. Sure. But, like, um, with, the, with some of the really old stuff, to have the Old Republic and the High Republic separated, mm. that's interesting to me. Because I was kind of wondering, like, you know, well, okay, the High Republic is technically like 800, 600 years before, well, how, how many? Roughly uh, about 150 years or two. Yeah, like see, th- th- this is why we need a timeline. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So, like, <laughs> you know, so so that, to me, that, that's, that kind of stuff is interesting because uh, I, I do want to know more about those time periods and everything. But it also does help to put all that in, into perspective. Um to what's happening and also i do kind of wonder like you know the only reason to do a timeline like that because there's stuff like you know the what like the empire ascendant or whatever part of the timeline or whatever they call it like the rise of the empire right is it rise of the empire mm-hmm. okay you know and then like the you've got the uh the galactic empire part and like everything you know mm-hmm. like so now we can have more stories hopefully about you know some of the stuff that happens in the background of that sure you know um and so, to to me, I, I'm I'm that that was that was the thing that I thought was most interesting. That was the thing like I was, I was really intrigued by, um, particularly just seeing like you know, seeing oh, old republic, mm. wonder what that's going to be. Yeah, you know. So you're 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 definitely not wrong, especially in the because one of the things you mentioned was when you first saw that you were like, oh, so now at the start of whatever production whether it's a show or a movie they just have a little blurb somewhere just saying you know during old the republic. old republic during yeah. the high republic you well, know they've all got their own symbols too which i <clears throat> yeah. imagine what they'll do is let's put that symbol there and they go oh, okay so here. and they'll make us learn a whole new language yeah you know? um, <laughs> that's what star wars does but with like but i will say this with old republic so so here's a question i got for both of you guys okay sure so when you particularly when you're doing with old republic at this point, because of the lore of both My Soul Republic, lore of the Dark, uh, the Dark Horse comics, and then also the lore of the MMO, uh, that you know, the Old Republic, the Old Republic. Yeah, <laughs> that, right. that's not confusing at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, with all within all three of those, you have characters that are beloved. Yeah. Characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think we're going to revisit those characters or what do you think is going to happen there? Because I really have a hard time believing that like, you know, they're going to legends Darth Raven. So Al, do you want to, do you want to start this? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll start this one. I would, <clears throat> Josh, to your point, 
I would be surprised if, based on what we've seen, and now based with the new timeline they've established, I would be surprised if we did not see at least some of the old EU stuff come back. Um, I don't think all of it is going to come back uh, by any means, but I would be surprised if we did not see at least some of it. Because with where the leadership of Star Wars has been on uh, the past few years, we have seen very evidently that um, Avro and Filoni um, and all of those creative minds have said, like, you know, we retconned the, we retconned the EU, but that does not mean we've, like, completely abandoned the EU, right? Because, I mean, we've got um, Thrawn coming back. Um, we have High Republic stuff that is very reminiscent of Old Republic stuff, if not exactly the same thing. Um, <coughs> oh, excuse me. There have been, like, some similarities and parallels to like ODU stories with some of the stories we've seen in the new canon. So I feel like the timeline era of Old Republic is very intentionally named because we also ha have to remember as well, you bring up on the Knights of the Old Republic games, we're due in I think one year to get a full-on remake of the first Knights of the Old Republic games. Yep. Um, as that is coming out, I mean, we've heard before that, like, hey, y'all, going forward, the Star Wars games that come out are going to be a part of the canon. And so I would not be surprised if the remake of the KOTOR game, uh, hopefully several games um, eventually, um, is kind of like an RE4 remake thing where it comes out it retains a lot of the essential stuff that people enjoyed. However, it kind of tweaks and changes some things to kind of fit more into the new canon and um, the new world that has kind of been created ever since the acquisition. Um, so, like, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you said, you know, are we going to have, like, a a a... Revan type of character and honestly I wouldn't be surprised if we did get that character probably not in the same old form but like a new kind of take on that character that can still hit home for a lot of the old fans but still have flexibility on how that character story is being told and how it fits into the wider world so I think just from what we've seen over the past few years, regressively, that um, there is definitely some room to bring back some of that old Republic EU stuff. Probably not all of it, but I would be interested to see the characters and storylines they do choose to bring back and the ones they do kind of abandon. Um, I would love to see Exarcoon. That's my last thing. I think Exarcoon is really cool. He has a lot of really cool stories throughout the old timeline of the EU stuff. So I would love to see XR Coon. I think that'd be dope. But anyway. I, I do I do wonder because one of the reasons I think they are doing this, and it's because and I there is a subset of Star Wars fans that view 
the Star Wars story as not so much the tale of light over dark, but more like how there needs to be a balance between those two, and therefore both sides are wrong. And when you look at the stories of both stories in Ice Old Republic, very much is 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 in favor of that. Sure. Uh, particularly when you get the two where Trey is just like, I don't even like the Force, and I was yeah. hoping you'd just be like, I don't want to do it anymore. That's what I was hoping. Uh, so like, so when you, but like when you look at like that story is very much that way, and a lot of the Dark Horse stories are kind of in that flank because like. You know, Exar Kun is evil, but he's also a tragic figure because the Jedi's kind of mess him over. And so I do, th- I do wonder if part of this is almost a rehabilitation of the Jedi because I really, that's one thing I liked about Last Jedi so much is where you have Luke being like, well, this is what they're supposed to be, but they were not that. They mm. were really stupid in the prequels. Um, and so when you have this concept of what you're getting ready to talk about with this new Jedi Order and everything coming out, I do wonder if part of this is to kind of rehab uh and say like and say squarely like no there's a good and there's an evil here mm. okay like you know um you know the you know darth bane didn't have that many good ideas you know like there's a there's a good <laughs> there's good here and there's an evil here you know and you know just because the jedi fell you know and what they and sometimes what they do uh does not mean that you know that one of their failures is to try and eliminate the Sith, who are basically space Nazis. You know, so like there's there is a you know there's a good and evil there. Um, so that that's kind of that's kind of what I'm wondering with with that anyway. But I, I took up too much time. No, no, not, not at all, not at all. Um, before before we do move on though, um, we notice that they have the older public but they did not announce anything for the older public. Like you said, mm-hmm. I would be surprised if we did not see a project featuring some of the older characters. Um, <clears throat> particularly because the, the thing is, is when you reboot, when they rebooted the entire Canon, okay. All the, all the EU stuff. All right. Whether, whether you were for or against that, that happened. Okay. That's a fact. Um, when they did that, it makes sense to, and I've always said this, it makes sense to get rid of the New Republic stuff so we can do new movies. Cool. But the Old Republic stuff, a lot of it leads into what happens in the prequels and the main films and everything in a sense of, you know, I mean, they mentioned the Rule of Two in Phantom Menace. That is very clear. The Rule of Two does not happen without Darth Bane. You know, to me... I would be surprised if they didn't attempt to weave some of the uh, some of the old EU stuff into new films or new new shows or whatever. I want to be real clear about the role of two having about Darth Bane. Okay, they mentioned that before that <laughs> that that book was that book existed. Uh, no, Darth Bane is originally supposed to be in the original script in 1999. That's 99. Because because the rule of two came out in like two thousand three or something the, like that, right? In the Terry Brooks novelization of, of the film and in the original script, when Yoda uh, mentions, I'm so glad I get to do this. Uh, <laughs> when, I, I have too. <laughs> when when Yoda is at the funeral of Qui Gon Jinn, and he and Mace just randomly with no with uh, no one saying anything say, "Always two there are, no more, no less." A master and apprentice, but which was destroyed. The master of the apprentice, and then the camera just 
slowly pans over to Palpatine, so, who is so, twirling a mustache. So wait, you so, know? Wait, so wait, 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 real quick, real quick. So in the original, because I, I can kind of see the original script now, because I, I, I want them to actually start discussing. I don't know. I heard about this Darth Bane guy, you know. Like, he was it's like mentioned on too. Coruscant, and the it's mentioned on the Coruscant, and then that scene happens at the funeral. Really? Yeah. Okay. And the and the now we are talking early early drafts. Okay. I, I will admit that, but Darth Bane, the rule of two, and Darth Bane is technically a George Lucas. This creation. is what I'm talking about with George Lucas, though, because like, why didn't you just stick with that? You know, you can print money with that guy. I mean, you know, here's the thing yeah. though. At the time, you didn't. What I mean, do you mean he did Darth Vader? <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, fair. What do you, what do you mean he did it? Like, uh, like, yeah, he absolutely did. You knew, but one, one of the things about everywhere I go, I just see Darth Maul. He's on everything. Darth Maul was on the back of the action figure. That's what true. do you mean? That is true. This yeah. is a guy who literally takes scarabs and is like, these look like a good set of armor and sticks them to him and lands like, <laughs> And like, it then becomes impervious to lightsabers. You're telling me Edge Lords in 1999 would have loved that character? Are you kidding me? You, uh, no, no, no. This, uh, this you're, what you're right. About. You're right. No, you're no. right. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, anyways. Okay. Um, carry on though. I just love the fact that the Terry, according to the Terry Brooks novelization, <laughs> the Phantom Menace. I'm just, I'm just, look. You, you wanted, yeah, you right. wanted the you're reference right. point. Um. <laughs> Anyways, so that Darth was Vader's one of that was one of the hardest um actuallys I have ever witnessed. That yeah. was incredible. It was. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> because Josh was coming in trying to um actually you about the ideology of Darth Bane, <laughs> and then Jacob was just like, um, actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. the postmodern prophet Terry Brooks wrote. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Darth Bane has also since been mentioned in other things, like in passing in different books, novelizations. So, I'm um, in the sense of the story editors post Disney. Well, that, that's what they I'm know. Like, so, so with, with what I'm saying is like, I, I just wonder which characters are getting cut and which characters. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, a character that is probably on the chopping board that no one wants to hear is Mara Jade. I do not understand how she fits into the new. Into that's the, new the that's the only thing. I, I I want it, but I don't know where she fits in. Like you said, the only thing. Go, go on and tell your big announcement. Go go and tell your big. Okay. Yes. Yes. So yes. Yes. Okay. Anymore. Excuse me. Um, but to, but to finish, uh, I think Bane is definite. Um, may, I would, I would love to see XR Coon. I don't know if they can, but I would love to see it. And I think I think Revan is an absolute definite because. It's, just, it's Revan. Everyone loves Revan. Um, and I would love Nihilus, because Nihilus has one of the coolest designs in Star Wars history. Um, but uh, but anyways, but yes, so the big announcements at Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> you, just, you just dropped the bomb of, I really hope they do Darth Nihilus. Let the, the lingering idea of... Well, if they do him, they'd have to do the Sith Triumvirate in some kind of in some kind of project, and they'd just be like, "But you know, moving on to the other announcement." I mean, just like, whoa, if Darth Nihilus isn't a name you can just drop and leave unattended. If Nice Republic One is getting a remake, then we can assume that's going to be canon. Sure, right? So that means Revan and Malak are canon. Yeah. So if those two are canon, we have to assume the triumvirate's going to end up being canon. Sure, well. and and I I fully I hope Which I, I think, hope they do. I I, I think the I think they deserve way more uh, 
time because particularly Niles, because like by the time you get Niles, he's such a punk. Like he's just, uh, you, you're, you're this man can eat planets, and you go in there and you <laughs> like you're just like you just go in there and beat him in twenty seconds. I see, or at least Rod did, because like mm. by the time you get to him, you get super over Yeah, you know. Uh, so that's a character I'd really like to see more of. But but I I do think you're right. Yeah, don't don't drop that bomb because yeah, that's just trying is very important. It is. I will awesome. say though. Once again, I do wonder because of the rehabilitation of the Jedi, because Trey is where a lot of the gray Jedi Kraya. Kraya, is it Kraya? Kraya. I've been saying Treya the whole time. I well, there's Treyas, who is the leader of the handmaidens, and there's Kraya. Right. So yeah. no, I, yeah, I, I right. get you. I get you. Kraya. <laughs> Kraya's entire she's where a lot of the gray Jedi crap comes from. Sure. They are definitely away from that. Yeah. Thankfully, so you know, I, I I do wonder what how that would look. So. So I will go ahead, I, I, because we can't, we can't continue talking about this without talking about the big announcement. Um, so the big announcement was that there are three new Star Wars films coming out, officially announced. Oh, I, I, I thought we were going to talk about the toys. Well, I thought that was the big announcement. Well, the, the, we can talk about the toys. <laughs> Let me tell you, I am ready. Mandalorian Starfighter? Exactly. The N1 Mandalorian Starfighter. I thought it was N2. No. Oh, it's N1. N1 Naboo Starfighter. Okay. That's what they are. Okay. Um, technically, the N2 is what... Uh, Padme is flying so, in, in episode two gotcha. when when it lands and then gotcha. it gets blown up. Okay. Anyways, My bad. um, moving moving on. Is uh, there an N three? Don't do this to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are three new films coming out. We do not have official release dates, but we do have some information about them. The first one, um, currently is under the kind of working title of just Dawn of the Jedi directed by James Mangold, and it is going to be taking place roughly, they have said roughly, 25,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. They I think said, that's great. I really do. I think that's a great choice. Oh, yeah. I, uh, and, and, and yes, they, they did mention before that they're still sticking with BBY and ABY to, for the years and everything. Um but yes, Al, you are absolutely correct. We'll, we'll talk about that for a little bit. Uh, James Mangold is. I really hope they have like a Jedi called Moses. Sure, sure. Why not? Why take this twenty five hundred years? Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm like that, that. There's no way that year was chosen. Without that in mind, somebody's like, "Sir, that's the Bible." Yes, we know. <laughs> well, <laughs> so we what James Mangold has said about this film is that he he had an idea for a story with. Star Wars universe with and the kind of the aspect of like a biblical epic. Um, uh, for those of you who do not know, James Mangold has directed uh, films such as Walk the Line, 310 to Yuma, and uh, more importantly for this channel, for a lot of people, uh, The Wolverine and Logan. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's done some fantastic films. I love 310 to Yuma so much. Oh my gosh. Um, I like Walk the Line. Walk the Line's really good too. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Wolverine's. I like all of those. That's a really good. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like all of those. I, I liked everything you said except for the last twenty minutes of the Wolverine. <laughs> exactly. Um, where some where somebody came in and was just like, "Hey, hey, you got a giant samurai robot in your pocket?" He's like, "No, I <laughs> no, don't. I don't." <laughs> you, do now. you do now. Um. You mean we're not going to make Hiroyuki Sonata the the final boss of this? Really? Um. No, it. Um, I am really excited to see what he does with it. Of course, he. There's not a whole lot of 
detail on, except for it is going to be the discussions of the very first Force users and the very first Jedi. So there's so there's a lot of rumors floating around of like, are we going to get the original Daibindu? Are we going to get the Jedi? Are we going to get the Wills? So there's the thing about the Jedi. They're slaves, right? Weren't they? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So once again, here's your biblical epic, right? Mm, sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm. So like, I, I do think there's, there's when, when, when Mango said biblical epic, that was the one I went to because that was the whole like, you know that whoever I can't—that's a dark horse comic. I can't remember when it was. Right? Son of the Jedi. It's, okay. it's Ostrander. Okay, but I remember like the there's boy. a your your boy your My boy John Ostrander. Your boy, <laughs> your boy Ozzy. Yeah, uh, but anyway, when I remember because like part of it is like it's very much intentionally, you know, the Jewish people in Egypt. It's mm-hmm. very much that, and like because even to the point of like the lightsaber first lightsaber built, built out of mud, right? Uh, I think the first ones are built out of like a mud and wood. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, so yeah. like that's how you make the bricks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, cause like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, there was a there's a lot there uh, that's that's interesting to to dive into. But here's what I want: going to give them a trilogy because oh yeah, because the thing is, is like the story. One of the, so so like there's only, it's only as far as I know, there's only one story told about this about why. A Jedi will only take one apprentice, and it's one of my favorite little short stories in the Dark Horse comics, where it's the two boys end up blowing up the the planet because mm. they're arguing over that uh, their master. Because Qui Gon and Qui Gon's telling Obi Wan about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, and like that's <clears> such a really interesting story. Like if uh, you know, do something like that, because there's a lot of these biblical epics that are taken from, not, not even biblical, like that, like that's like a that's like a Greek thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like so, but all these like stories that you know about that period seem to be taken from these like Greek Roman myths, you know, the biblical myth, all this stuff, you know, taken from all this. And like, I think that's important to, to, if you're going, if you're going to do that, stretch it out because you can't tell all the, you can't give all the answers um, in one, you know, like in one movie. If you try to do that, I think that's going to be a rushed movie. Um, so I, I'm in, I'm intrigued to see see what he does with that, and I, I kind of hope they give him more. I agree. They, I mean, they've only they announced these three films, but I think the second one I'm going to talk about is the only one that I think could really be a standalone. But we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, Al, what are what are your thoughts on Dawn of the Jedi? Any anything to kind of add about it or about uh, James Mangold? Um, no, I just think that like it's an excellent idea. I mean, like if I were to. In a weird alternate universe, if I were to be approached and say, "Al, would you be interested in directing a Star Wars film?" Um, then I would, uh, then I would just be like, "Well, yeah, so I like three billion dollars." Um, but uh, I would, I guess, the exact kind of era and the exact kind of story that I would want to do, because I mean, you have complete creative freedom. With that kind of idea it's before anything else that we've seen before way before anything else we've seen up to this point mm-hmm. um and you can tell you you have a rich like history and foundation of like other stories and like other histories and things like that from the eu that you can pick and choose from and build upon but still make it entirely your own 
and the vast majority of people who are going to see it are won't have the background of just being like, oh, well, you know, in the in like this OG Jedi story that came out first, I would prefer they did this and this and this. But like, no, it's as close in the world of Star Wars in how vast and uh, well-tread the world of Star Wars is, that's as close to like a completely clean slate that you can have, is to go that far back and start with that kind of idea. So like, no, this is like the most excited for like a new Star Wars project I've been in a while because he can do literally whatever he wants with it. So I'm really excited for that one. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think it's going to be a lot of, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, Plus, I with the previous discussion that we were having, not only, um, I mean, 25,000 years there, I mean, you could easily spread out every single Old Republic uh, story within that. And then you could either, you could just be like, well, old ones are canon now, or you could make brand new ones. I mean, even, even in the sense of, you know, the, the entire the entire story of the Old Republic, the MMO, the, the start of it, is Malgus is retaking Korriban, which was taken after Knights of the Old Republic happens. But you could easily do that and just be like, oh, well, it's supposed to be a thousand years apart. Okay, cool. Well, there's <laughs> we <laughs> here's the thing. You've got about 24,000 years to work with of time. Just write up the timeline yourself. Like... Because the because the thing is is that after the dawn of the Jedi, the newest uh, this is going to sound weird. The newest old thing <laughs> is the uh, is the current stage of the High Republic, which I mean is only I think the oldest story in that is two hundred fifty years before or yeah around that two hundred fifty years before uh, Phantom Menace. So that's still. That's not even a thousand. So I mean, you you have a lot to cover there. Um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited with that, and and I think Josh is absolutely correct. I think they simultaneously, I think it needs to be even if not a trilogy, at least like two movies, or maybe even more. Maybe even it doesn't. Here's the thing: it doesn't have to be a trilogy. You, if James Mangold wants to do a four film epic, sure, let, let's go for it. I that's the uh, that's the thing. We're we're gonna go see it. Like I mean the. Especially the, especially the first one is successful, which I, I really think there is a, a move to really just support Star Wars in general, especially returning to theaters. Because I know there that's been a thing that a lot of people have been talking about is, yeah, the shows are great. Don't get me wrong. We love them all. But there's something about going to the theater. Lights go down. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away hits up. And then when that first note hits, we all lose our minds. That's there. We're, we're missing that. You know, and so, yeah, getting that back just in any form is going to be great. Um, and I think I think you're right. I think that the the goal of this story should be what are the Jedi supposed to be and start there. And then you can have multiple stories. I mean, you want to get biblical. Lord, Lord knows that uh, a lot of biblical figures didn't exactly follow uh, things correctly. Yeah, so, I mean, so you could you could go down and be like. This is the story of how Bastila fell. This is the story of how uh, Kreia did whatever she does, you know, because I, I, I do think you're right. I think moving away from the Great Jedi is probably what they're planning on doing. Um, even all the way down to 
I can't remember the main girl's name in the Old Republic, uh, but the girl who's fighting Malgus, um, and then so on and so forth. You could there are so many things you could do with that. Um, but moving on. Uh, the, uh, oh yes, I will say just real quick: if we are choosing stories from the Bible that we want to see adapted into Star Wars stories, I really hope we get a short film that is just about like two small Padawan kids who are just. Who were just like, oh, high council ain't shit. Let's go, and they just go on a go on a starfighter into Felucia and get eaten by an Ackley. And yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm there for that actually. Yeah. And, and Master Yoda shows up and he's just like, we see this is this is why you have to be humble, you little dumb shit. And that's and that's it. <laughs> okay, so okay, I, I'm curious, Al. Who is the Jedi they call ugly? Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, it has to be Mace Windu. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be Mace Windu. Perfect. Absolute you know? perfection. It uh, can't be, be Keanu Moody. That's statistically false. <laughs> it is. You are correct. I like it. Oh, man. All right, moving on. The second film that was announced, um, Dave Filoni of Clone Wars, Rebels, Bad Batch, Mandalorian, and basically anything Star Wars that you have loved over the last couple of years is a, a sentient f- cowboy hat sentient. who is running current Star Wars. He's <laughs> getting his own Star Wars film. Um, supposedly, here's the thing. I have heard conflicting things. There was a point where he says it is the cap on Mandalorian, Ahsoka, and Book of Boba Fett, and and excuse me, and Skeleton Crew, um, which is coming out soon. One of those uh, shows isn't even out yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, there is a point where he has said it is the captain. There's a point where he says that it is a very important moment in that time period, and so and has kind of yeah. That, like, that was somebody coming to him like, hey, uh, we don't know if we're ready to be done. To be with done with this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At that point, like, I'm not saying. Do not you gonna... know how much money we're making? You, everyone here is wearing something Grogu. Don't say that. Whether okay? <laughs> um, it is or whether it is the finale of that timeline or whether it isn't, uh, I can't wait. I the He did not give a whole lot of details on it besides that, that it's going to be featuring all these different groups coming together, um, which I think is going to be really cool to see on screen. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm down. I mean, as Josh is wearing a Mandalorian t-shirt right now, I mean, any, anything in that time period, uh, that is going to, is going to be interesting to me. Um, especially with not trying to spoil too much about season three. Uh, but it looks like they're, they're kind of setting up for a, uh, for Moff Gideon to be something, much bigger and i'm i'm excited to see that so yeah but anyways there's there's some blue guy hanging there is some blue guy yeah there is some blue guy yeah really like smooth like (laughs) goes listens to you know john coltrane Mm. you know like showers smooth blue guy you know he's like hey thrawn baby speak it's it's still it still throws me off how just unabashedly horny for Thrawn Josh is. It's <laughs> wild. It's so much more than any than any of the rest of us. There's a very thin line between hate and, I guess, as Al so thirst. 
<laughs> there's, a, there's a thin line between it, man. I just don't know where I'm at all the time. God, I wish that was a line in the in in a move in the shows or the movies or something. There's a thin line between hate and, hate and thirst. Yeah, well, uh, Anakin. Anakin. Anyways, speaking of Thrawn and speaking a little bit about Ahsoka. Um, we know officially now that Lars Mikkelsen is going to be playing Thrawn, uh, who did the voice for him in the Rebels cartoon. And uh, for oh, yeah. anyone who wants to know what he looks like, uh, if you have watched the first or second season of The Witcher, um, no matter your thoughts on it, he is Stregobor. And uh, so, yeah, so just imagine him with uh, blue skin and red eyes, and you got Thrawn. And, uh, yeah. Um but yeah, he, yeah, Josh. How does that make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> In love with Stregobor, clearly. Uh, that's a rough way to be. You are down bad, my friend. <laughs> so, uh, any any thoughts on the Mando? We're gonna. I'm gonna call it the Mandoverse film because they, they didn't give a title or anything. So, so the Acolyte's not part of the Mandoverse, then, right? So the Acolyte is part of the High Republic, actually. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Acolyte takes place about a hundred years before Phantom Menace. Okay. Um, since since you bring it up, uh, a lot of people are assuming that that is how they're going to tie in parts of Darth Plagueis gotcha. and with the and with the new main canon, um, which. We might be talking about later this month. Hmm. Ooh, if anyone's interested in that, hmm. yeah. if anyone's interested in the EU or EU review, if we it, might <laughs> a certain James Luceno novel card yeah. called Dark Legacy. If anyone's in, if anyone's <laughs> interested in an EU book that vacillates between really interesting and, and just plain weird, then you're gonna <laughs> love this month's episode. <laughs> But yes, that's that's where the acolyte's going to take place. So yeah, so, yeah, it'll it'll have the little higher public symbol in front of it. Yeah, just to just just to help you out, man. Yeah, a lot of people are like it. It does, yeah. yeah. It does. It's a shame that like we haven't had any more information than what we've had on acolyte because I think acolyte is going to be a really really cool project. I I think they're. I think they want to finish the the trials of the Jedi, the the third phase of the higher public. Um, before they get there, um, because we, because currently, because here's the thing, the higher public part of the higher public kind of got spoiled because we know at least one Jedi that survives because she's in the show. Um, Which one? Uh, Rowe. Rowe. Uh, she she's a she's a little green girl who uh, has a lightsaber that turns into a whip, nice. and uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, and she's also just she's a little badass. She's awesome, man. Um, Is she. Yeah, is she convergence? Uh, she no. So, so she is. So he's in phase one. That's right. And she'll that's be in right. Phase because, three. That's right. Because they're doing the weird flashback. Yeah. Phase two thing. I forgot. I haven't touched the High Republic in a while. My bad. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. You're all, you're all good, man. Um, but yeah. So I think that's kind of one of the things that they. Like pr- prime example, when they said that that uh, Yuna Swatomo was going to be playing a Wookiee Jedi, they were very quick to name that Jedi um, to make pleasant <laughs> Buriyaga. <laughs> <laughs> so they were very quick to tell us it's a new Wookiee Jedi named Kalnaka. Um, so uh, 
So yeah, which I'm which I'm excited either way. Um, but uh, but yeah, currently we don't know where Buriyaga is. We don't know if he's living or dead. We we there's, wow. there's yeah. It's, well, it's remind, terrifying. Don't remind me. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but fortunately, the higher public phase three will be happening later this year, um, and then at the start of next year. Um, but anyways, Al, any thoughts on the Man- <coughs> on the Mandoverse movie or anything that? I know it's kind of a weird one to talk about, um, but uh, it kind yeah. of is. It just kind of feels like it. It feels very, very far away <laughs> in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, man, I would be. The only thing I really have to say about it is that with what they're doing uh, with Mothman and with Thrawn showing up in the live action stuff in that era of shows and stories, um, I would be very surprised if this culmination film uh, does not do at least one thing or the other as far as talking about like some kind of the equal stuff. I would assume it like at least sow the seeds story wise for like the first order or possibly for like. Um, the Ith army that Palpatine has in the rise of Skywalker. So that's really the only uh, prediction um, of that um, I really have without uh, being able to see any more of the Mandalorian or uh, without seeing the Ahsoka show yet. I would just kind of assume it sows some seeds for the antagonists of the equal era. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this was kind of... As excited as I am for this one, obviously, I'm, I'm you know, it's, I think it's gonna be great. I think this was the weirdest one announced because I think this is very clearly the one that is probably the farthest off um, of the three, at least from a, from a release date standpoint. Because uh, the original plan, what I remember, they originally said they were gonna do six seasons of Mandalorian. Um, Did they I say six? I thought it was five. I'd originally heard six. I don't know, but here's Ooh, the thing: that's so much. <laughs> If that was like including like of the Mando verse, like in in the sense of I don't know if that included like Book of Boba Fett being. I was about to say, does that include half of the season of Mandalorian that happened in the Book of Boba? (laughs) Yeah. So so I don't so I don't necessarily know exactly what they meant by that. Um, But I mean, either way, I mean that's it's Josh is Josh is not wrong. I mean, we will watch Mandalorian as as long as they are making Mandalorian. So yeah. Yeah, um, that's true. But uh, on that note, real quick, before we move on, real quick, um, was there any announcement or confirmation about season two of Boba Fett? Uh, not yet. Is that discussed? Okay, there there was. Um, Ming Na was there for uh, for the weekend. Uh, She actually hosted the Return of the Jedi panel. Um, uh, the the 40th anniversary panel, but uh, there was not any confirmation of Book of Boba Fett season two or anything else like that. I'm I'm hoping for one. I I think I think there's obviously a lot to do with all those characters, but I I, I there is no current confirmation of it. No. Okay, I got you. I wasn't sure if there had been or not. Um, I too would like to see season two. Of- Boba Fett, because we only got half of the season one of Boba Fett yeah. in the first place. So, yeah. so I'd be down for some more of that. Yeah. Um, 
So the last film that was announced is probably the one I'm most excited for. I got I got to be completely honest with you. Okay. The last one that was announced was the new Jedi Order, which is going to be taking place 15 years after Rise of Skywalker. It is going to be directed, possibly written, I know I know directed for certain, by, please excuse me if I am butchering this name, Charmin Obeid Kinoy. She is a Pakistani-Canadian uh, journalist who uh, has recently started writing more things in fiction, uh, specifically for, for I know this podcast, because uh, we all loved it, Miss Marvel. Um, yeah, she wrote, I believe, two, two or three episodes. Um, and then she's also done uh, multiple different things. Um, she really got her start, apparently, uh, doing different, um, like I said, journalism and different documentaries, um, focusing on uh, inequality for women. So, I mean, I think that's going to be kind of perfect for whom I'm about to talk about. Um, oh boy! Because Every, everybody, this is this is where the podcast gets contentious for some people. <laughs> but not not for these three, at least. I, I know I know it might for some for some listeners, but at least for these three, um, because after after Miss um, uh, Obechinoy was announced as the director. The next person that they brought out was Daisy Ridley, who is officially returning as Rey Skywalker uh, 15 years later in this film. She is apparently going to be starting up her new Jedi Order, and no other official um, announcements were made about the film except for we know Daisy Ridley is back, which, let me tell you, I mean, we we did a podcast about this Last year with Jenny, was it, Al? Uh, yes, last summer. Yeah. Where yeah. we basically talked about we would not be surprised if they did not come back for a long time. Um, it, it, I, feels, it feels oddly providential in a way. Yeah. I like to think, I like to think our, our love for the sequel Harry characters kind of caused this to happen. I like to think. I, I completely agree. I completely yeah. agree. Um, I I fully expected the sequel era, uh, at least at least the, the the primary characters of it, to be honestly in the same vein as what we are currently seeing with Ahmed Best and Hayden Christensen. I fully expected to see like twenty years down the road, like the return of Ray or the return of Poe or Finn or someone like that, and that's and then everyone. It's like, oh my god, they were always amazing, and then we're we're just sitting in the corner, just like you fools. They're the reason they you're the reason they've been gone for so long. But for real, god. I'm, but I'm happy that we don't have to wait that long for it. I'm I'm very happy to see Daisy Ridley come back. Um, I would love to if any of the sequel characters come back because here's the thing, like. No matter your thoughts on the sequels, whether the problems or not on any of them. You can't deny that the four major actors of that film were all fantastic, and they all deserve, in my opinion, a return. So, yeah. Uh, Josh, thoughts on on Daisy Ridley coming back? I'm a huge Ray fan. She's one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. Um, I thought she got a little bit of a uh, little bit of character assassination in Rise of Skywalker. So I'm really hoping um, that uh, this kind of you know, kind of rehabilitate some of that because I, I do think some of her actions in that movie are just really, really difficult to uh, kind of 
work in with her actions in the first two movies. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I'm excited to see her, um, you know, uh, rebuild the Jedi Order. Um, the interesting thing about it was they described it as Ray will be dealing with the past, present, and future. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that means. Um, so, <clears throat> I know they're, Jenny's all excited because the first thing she asked me was, so of the world between worlds, could they bring Kylo back? And I'm just like, <laughs> it's like, man, I'm telling you, I don't think Adam Driver's ever coming back to Star Wars. I just don't see it. Um, my question, though, okay, is like, what's interesting to me about this is I, you know, you you really tied Finn to her. Um, I don't think John Boyega is ever coming back, so I do wonder what the explanation would be for that. So there is no no. I, I mean, if, if if he comes back, I'm sending him a personal letter and being like, "Well, can you apologize, to Ryan Johnson, for all the things you said about him, and apologize to Kathleen Kennedy for all the things you said about her?" Well, he did have a sit down discussion with Kathleen Kennedy, and he did come out and apologize for some of the things that he had said about her. Yeah. Now well, Ryan Johnson, I'm, I'm not sure about because because his whole thing was like, "You you made my boy JJ do all this." I'm like, "Man, your boy JJ ruined some really awesome ideas." And if you're if you can't see where your character was going after two, I don't know what to do for you. You know, <coughs> so like, <coughs> I don't want to get off on a John Boyega back. He's fantastic as Finn. I'd like to see him back, um, but I just I just don't know if that'll happen. Sure. Um, but I, I, but I, I do wonder because like those characters are pretty tied together. Mm. It's different, a little different with Poe, you know. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I kind of I, I, <coughs> I do agree with you that it would be difficult to do a story without him. Yeah. Um, but I also that's why I hope he comes back because, like you said with Ray, I don't want to sound like one of the. <laughs> I almost said one of them, but you know what? Honestly, yeah, I'm gonna say it. I don't want to sound like one of them and just, like one of them and and just say retcon rise of Skywalker. That's not what I want. But like you I said, will, I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> but, but certain events and certain actions that take place in that film, like you said, do not line up at all with the first two sequels and. So I think to to approach this film as the continuation of their stories and who they, in my opinion, were supposed to be at the end of Last Jedi and basically consider Rise of Skywalker kind of like a, a bump in the road where somehow Palpatine returned and then that kind of ruined everything. To me, that would kind of make, make a lot of sense with that kind of being the goal of this new film and maybe even series. But yeah. So I've got two things. Okay. He's got two, two characters things. that okay. I think I really want to see in these Ray movies. Sure. Okay. If you're going to make Mara Jade work, probably needs to be in that Ray movie. Okay. All right. With an older woman, you know, who you know split with Luke for some for some reason, and was like, you know, I just you know I, I didn't I didn't like what he was doing, or I, I saw where this was going, or. I knew where Kylo Ren was going, although you can't really do that because Kylo Ren was never really a bad guy. He just misunderstood the entire time. But, like, anyway, but, like, some of them to that extent. Um, and then w- off of that, then you can build your series or whatever for Mara Jade. I think that's the best way you can make that work. Okay. All right. And then, of course, the other one, as I've always said, is I want Rose in full Beskar armor. I <laughs> want her with a jetpack. I want her mowing down whatever fan favorite character is is there. 
Um, so why? <laughs> You want Rose to single-handedly so stop just, the use on Vong? Exactly. <laughs> yes. I want the use on Vong to show up and Rose is back. Oh, they're a bunch of plants. Good thing I got a big flamethrower. Bam. <laughs> and done. Okay. I just want that done. Okay. okay. Um, those are the two things I want more than anything. I, <coughs> there will never be a point where they say Rose Tico is going to show up and I will be upset that Rose Tico is showing up. So, yes, I completely agree. Um, Al, your thoughts on – I know you are a massive – massive Ray fan. So your thoughts on Daisy Ridley coming back? Well, first off, before I even get to that, um, I'm going to piggyback off what any said and ask if, if the space between worlds <laughs> is a thing, then could Rose Tico uh, possibly get into a fight and kill Revan, could that be a thing we do? Yeah, well, that'd be pretty cool. I, would, I, would, I, <laughs> I don't agree with that. <laughs> pretty cool. Um, but anyway, uh, I like to I like to make people angry. Um, but uh, no, no, I'm very excited for Ray to return. It feels it feels very weird because um, a couple of days before we got this like huge. Adam bomb of an announcement. Um, I caught a, oh God, is it a real? Is it a short? It's whatever the TikTok version of a YouTube it's a real. video it's a real. is. Is it a real on YouTube? Yes. Okay. Um, are you sure it isn't a short? Oh, wait. Uh, on, on, on YouTube, it's a short. Okay, excuse me. Okay. okay. On Facebook, I'm sorry. No, I'm not on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Facebook is the rise of Skywalker of, of social media. Um, but um, I saw a short on YouTube that was just like a small part of an interview uh, that Daisy Ridley had had, um, I think like a couple of months prior, where she got asked, like, you know, um, uh, would you be open to like ever returning to Star Wars for future projects and reprising your role? And her response was just like... Um, and her response was just kind of like, um, well, you know, they have my phone number. I'm open to any project or idea they might have in mind. And like in hindsight now, I feel like that conversation had already happened. And she, he like had to like kind of keep it under wraps and stuff. Um, it's kind of like when um, when uh, the Fox actor for Big Silver was asked uh, during on the press tour for um, or the last X-Men film. He uh, was asked, like, have you, uh, would you be interested in possibly doing like an MCU project? And all the other actors were just like, oh, I don't know if they were interested in having me. And um, and that actor just kind of like got very quiet and started to like, <laughs> to, like side eye the camera a little bit. <laughs> but um, no, I'm super, super, I can't even like state eloquently how excited I am for Ray to come back and do post Rise of Skywalker stuff. I am so unbelievably pumped. Like out of all the super cool stuff that got announced <laughs> this year for Star Wars stuff, this is probably like the thing I'm the most excited about. Because like it's kind of like the opposite end of the spectrum with um, the Dawn of the Jedi film that we're getting. Like, going 
forward from Rise of Skywalker, which is something all of us um, have to do eventually. But um, going forward for Rise of Skywalker, like, I mean, they could tell any story they want to, man. They could tell any event. They could have Ray doing literally anything they want to, and it'd be just a completely clean slate because we have gotten zero information on what happened after Rise of Skywalker. Mm. So, like, the possibilities are endless. Like, Ray is coming back. Um, I texted the group chat after it happened, like, um, the fact that we <laughs> received a standing ovation this year at Star Wars Celebration was like one of the most heartwarming things I have seen on the internet in a while. Like that was so awesome. Um, and it seems like at least a portion of the fan base is also super hyped to have her come back. Uh, we don't talk about um, the other portion of the Star Wars fan base because. Um, screw them. I hope they die. But like, wow. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Was that too offensive for like that part of Star Wars fans? I'm sorry, Snowflake. Uh, <laughs> hang on, hang on. We we do want to we do want to clarify. If you don't like the sequels, that's fine. What he's talking about is the people who also sent, you know, who hate hate the sequels and sent like death threats and. And were oh, no. if that I'm sorry if that if that wasn't obvious then like I'm sorry but like as somebody who who like has had talked Rise of Skywalker like pretty much ever since it came out as somebody <laughs> who who hates that film entirely um, I thought it was obvious I was talking about the people who were just like I'm gonna. I'm going to harass people online because of their gender. Um, they do sound just like that. All of, they do sound like just like that. And like, you know, everybody is entitled to their opinion. But if your opinion actively hurts real individuals, then like, you know, I hope you die. It's fine. But um, anyway, <laughs> back to the positive stuff. I'm really excited to see where Ray goes um, going forward. Um, I actually kind of have to disagree with you guys a bit as far as the other characters from uh, the sequel era, because I love a lot of those characters. I would be happy to see um, Rose show up in all kinds of stuff. I'd be happy to see Poe show up in all kinds of stuff. Um, I think, unfortunately, that ship has probably sailed for Finn. But um, if he ever has a change of heart, I'd be happy to see Finn stuff. I thought Finn was a really interesting character up until his character arc was kind of abandoned in, um, in Rise of Skywalker. But um, I kind of hope, as far as the new Jedi Order films, I really think Taisy Ridley should be, like, the player in those stories um again i think it's fine to bring in the other characters from that era in various projects i'm um, going forward but i want to see a story about what is ray up to after the events of rise of skywalker and to reestablish the jedi order i just don't see a lot of overlap coming in with almost any of those other characters. So, like, I really hope we get a new Jedi Order film that is just, hey, 
here is Ray and a whole cast of other brand new characters. That's kind of the hope I have for this upcoming film project. And uh, also more alien characters. I know that's Absolutely. definitely one for you. I yeah. hope I hope Ray's the only human in the entire film. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so cool. Yeah, I um, I don't I don't disagree. I, I think you could definitely I think you could definitely just focus just on Ray and a brand new cast of characters. Um, I would, I mean, honestly, especially if he's going to deal with the past, present, and future. Um, I would love if they kind of went the like a loose adaptation of the, I can't remember what book it's called, but the one where Exar Kun possesses one of Luke's uh, students. So you can go oh. into some kind of, uh, yeah, they, some uh, kind of story. Is, is it, is it Jedi quest? Um, it's, um, Jedi search. Jedi search. Okay. And like yeah. that actually like kind of happens a couple of times because Exar Kun like is the main antagonist of like that whole trilogy of books. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I do remember that now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I think that'd be kind of a cool, maybe, maybe not like the exact like same thing, obviously, but I mean something kind of similar to that, or maybe, or maybe, maybe she starts studying like where did the Sith split off from the Jedi and that kind of aspect. I think that'd be kind of cool too. So, because you can also tie it in with whatever James Mangold's doing with the Dawn of the Jedi and everything. So that'd be, yeah, yeah I'd, be, I mean, I'd be be down for that. I mean, if we're going to have to um, acknowledge the events of Rise of Skywalker, which I guess we will also find, but like um, having just had a harrowing encounter with a Sith Lord who was able to preserve his identity and spirit force, like, through time and stuff. Um, I think Ray trying to trying to reestablish a Jedi order while trying to learn more about that kind of thing and prevent those kind of threats. Um, I think that's like a very natural lead in to that kind of Exarchune stuff because that was Exarch its entire thing is being able to just preserve his spirit within the force and be this um, antagonist afterwards. So I think that'd be uh, very cool. That's a good call. Sure. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I mean, that's Star Wars Celebration, man. Like, that was really the – they. I kind of feel bad that they started with that, but at the same time, they got everyone talking, you know. Yeah. Um, we also did see the final trailer for Jedi Survivor, which looks really, really good. And uh, that is actually the perfect lead-in to our finale for this evening, my friends. Um, we asked on our Fan of Correspondence Discord, which if you want to be a part of the Discord, you all you have to do is sign up um, for any of our Patreon tiers or on the uh, subscribe to us on Twitch. Um yeah. And occasionally we will ask, yeah, and occasionally we will ask little questions like this. So we asked, really, just are there any things that anyone wanted us to address? Any questions that anyone had for us? And our good friend Johnny, who uh, is a fantastic artist, and everyone should go follow Johnny Marvel Draw stuff on Instagram. What's up, Johnny? Johnny, 
Um, he said, and I think this is a really interesting question and is a perfect segue for me. And I will start while you guys get and you know, think and get your thoughts. Um, what is a story you thought was amazing yet hated the protagonist? That is the question that Johnny asked. And that last part is actually the perfect segue for me because a game that I loved, that I just did not care for the protagonist as we, as Al and I discussed it during one of our podcasts, um, was Jedi Fallen Order, because, and I do not mean any sort of ill will towards Cameron Monaghan. I don't mean it towards anyone who adores Cal Kestis as a character, because there are a lot of people out there, we saw that this weekend, there are a lot of people out there who love Cal Kestis as a character. I just could not connect with him. Don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know, I don't know why. I, I hope that I like him more in the sequel. Um... But I, I think Cal, <clears throat> in my opinion, and I said this in the podcast, suffers from the fact that literally every other character around him, every single one, with the exception of maybe Grease, but even Grease is fun, um, is more interesting than Cal. I think Trill is more interesting. I think Sear is more interesting. I won, I think the game should have been about Marin in the first place. Yep. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, like I said... Cameron Monaghan seems to be like a delight to his fans and to the Star Wars fandom as a whole. Um, and I hope to see more. I hope to see his character grow and I hope to enjoy his character more in the sequel. Um, and I, I will 100% recognize that this is a fault with myself. Um, but yeah, I just did not care for him as a protagonist in that game. But uh, yeah, so that is uh, my answer is Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, who would like to continue? Uh, Al, you want to go? Sure, yeah, I can go next. Um, I just, <laughs> just real quick, I just love that, like, me taking a crap on Star Wars fans who harass the actors. I'm sure got, like, a visceral reaction from everybody. But, like, here we just heard Jacob saying, I'm not a big fan of this character in a video game story. That does not mean I hate personally the actor. That is what those Star Wars fans have done to us. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That is what they have done to us, is we have to clarify our statements by saying, I'm not a big fan of this fictional character. That does not mean I wish physical harm on the actor portraying them. That is what they've done to us. That's why I say things like that. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that being said, um, so, so my answer to this, um, could be a controversial one. I don't know. I can't gauge if people enjoy this show ironically or genuinely. I just don't know. But, um, there's an anime. It's one of the first anime I ever watched as an adult, um, or at least I was um, in college, so I don't know if you can consider that an adult. But, like, as a grown human, um, I watched an anime called Sword Art Online. And Sword Art Online has a really cool premise for a story where there's this at-home VR video game console that you can use that, like, is super like is super high tech and like puts you into the gaming world and you're playing this like fantasy MMO 
and you have full control of your character as like you go into this like um dream state essentially whenever you put on the helmet and like you're going through it's really cool and then the insidious engineer behind this game um pops up on the server and it's just like i've tricked you all all of you are in a coma and if you die in the game you die for real and like it feels like very tropey but like it's still just kind of cool and kind of fun and i was just kind of like oh this is sick they have to go through and beat the game and coordinate and like expand all of their like skills and i thought at the time that meant all of these various people coming from different places and different backgrounds different experiences are going to have to come together with each other and form up a plan and work as a team and as a unit to overcome the challenges of this game and what we got instead was a character called kirito who is just the coolest human being who has ever lived and he's just the best at this game to an impossible extent and he's just like you guys stay here i'm gonna go solo fight all of the bosses that are designed for like parties of 20 players and he goes and he he does exactly that and there's a point <laughs> there's a point in this anime man where um where they introduce this concept of of like i forget what they're called exactly but they're basically players in the game who are killing other players which like is like this insane thing that like i was really intrigued by when it first got introduced as a concept because like those are like real actual homicides these people are doing within that world and it's just like how are they going to deal with this like what's going on how are they going to overcome and that arc resolves with kirito being attacked by like all five of these player killers at once and kirito not defending himself or doing anything because he's just like uh i've leveled up my passive healing so much that i'm healing at a faster rate than all five of you can do damage to me and like my eyes almost fell out of my skull because i rolled them so hard because that is so stupid <laughs> and that is so like masturbatory of a character moment to have in a story that otherwise seems really cool and seems really interesting and could have gone a totally way more interesting direction than what it did. So, um, yeah, man, screw Kirito. Hate that show. I can't tell if people enjoy it or not. So I don't know. That could be a controversial answer, but like, yeah, SAO is bad. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> it's been around. It's been around for a long time That's at true. this point. So yeah. I, I wonder if this is the this is finally the end of the Phantom Correspondence oh. right here. <laughs> Good thing. Um, you never know if an anime. That's so. true. You never know, man. You never know. All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've never seen. I've never seen it, so I can't answer anything to it. But uh, yeah, you have. You've talked about that for a while. So there was there was a point where when you said you might use an anime, that's what I was like, okay, you probably got to talk about Sword Art Online. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Uh, Josh, your answer? I really kind of wanted to be like, could have had a few. Okay. I really wanted to be high minded and be like Bassanio from Mercury of Venice. Uh, <laughs> I really, I really want to do that. Like, I really, like, 
That was like the first thing that came to my mind. I this guy, you know, he's just, he's kind of brat and like I don't know, kind of wish Shylock had killed them all, quite frankly. And I wanted to do that, and then I was like, then I thought, you know, with the new Greece thing coming out, you know, I was like, you know, I really don't like Danny Zuko. I think he's the worst part of his own movie, sure. uh, which is the character John Travolta plays. And I'm kind of intrigued to see about the Rise of the Pink Ladies. I think if if anything needs a uh, kind of a rehabilitation, it's Greece, which is like. One of the worst PG movies I've ever seen in my life. That thing's rated PG, and it's got the worst things happening in that movie. Uh, but uh, but actually, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do an old old movie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do an old movie, and I'm gonna do I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a someone I don't like and talk about what are you laughing about? Because I for some reason I keep thinking of the comedian who was talking about how Greece is the worst, where he talks about the one guy or the one girl who's like. I'm not pregnant, and then the other guy just goes, "Oh, oh, right, right. yeah, <laughs> that's connected." Yeah, then he goes, "Oh, right, oh, yeah, oh yeah, it's so oh, dude, it's so great. We could have an entire podcast on that alone, okay? Oh man, and like that—that's the thing. Greece is great, but like, gosh, that's just like ridiculous. Anyway, um, but but I, I want to talk about because like you guys are coming at it from this instance of like. This uh, this protagonist I'm supposed to like it didn't work. It's, I'm assuming I don't know sort of line, but it seems like that's the guy you're supposed to like. Um, it didn't work. I want to come at it from the instance of a protagonist you're not supposed to like. And the first time I ever saw that in a movie, because um, uh, I'm gonna go all the way back, it's called The Searchers with John Wayne. And in The Searchers with John Wayne, yeah, I know exactly, yeah, but. Because I'm just going on the first things I thought of, okay? And there's probably something I'm leaving out. But the search was John Wayne. If you don't know it, it's about uh, John Wayne, who who avowed uh, a noted racist himself, um, is playing a racist in a movie. And I don't know how they got him to convince him to do this movie. Because the point of this movie is essentially like, uh, we're not, yeah, the, the Indians might have some savage tendencies, but we're just as savage as they are. That's the point of this movie. And he goes around and he starts uh, doing everything he can um, to uh, essentially uh, there's a young girl that at one point gets kidnapped and uh, he goes and they spend the movie searching for her. And like the intensity of his racism in this movie, just rapid. It is so like it's and it must be because he really was a racist that maybe it's just so believable. I don't know. But like. It wraps up to such attention that by the end of that movie, you're like, gosh, I kind of wish he died too. Like, you know, like, and like, but that's kind of the point of the movie, um, you know, is, is that he is just as horrible, you know, as the people he is supposedly chasing down. Um, and like, he's got like a, he's got a sidekick who is half Native American, you know, and it's just like, he's horrible to him. Like, it's just like, it's such an interesting movie uh, to think about. And yet it's also one of like the it's like a classic, you know, all the way. It's it's the it's the best John Wayne movie out there. Um it's the only one I'd ever suggest somebody actually go out and, and try and watch. Um just because like I you know, I don't really support don't want to like to su- support John Wayne, particularly on this. But like <laughs> this one is very, very good. And when you ask me like, yeah, protagonist I don't like, yeah, I don't like that guy at all, you know. <laughs> but uh but it is it's kind of the that's kind of the point of it. And uh, yeah, just a solid, uh, solid movie that holds up uh, today. And uh, probably one of the first, probably one of the first instances of a protagonist that you don't that you don't like. Uh, in a, oh wait, no, I got I got another one. I got another one. Okay, 
Cary Grant's Devlin in Notorious because I do not like him. Oh, because he yeah. literally drafts Ingrid Bergman's character to go be a spy and go and sleep with a horrible Nazi, and then he gets angry when she sleeps with a horrible Nazi. <laughs> and I do not understand. If, if that, that, was a, that was a really like a feminist movie back in the day because like he's horrible through that whole thing. You know, like you're just watching this movie, going, God, why are you so horrible, Carrie Grant? Like, this is all your fault, dude. Like, you're what you started all this. You know, like, you, you wouldn't ask her to do this. So, like, uh, it's really good. But those two, yeah, old old movies are really good having horrible protagonists. I'm just really thinking of that yeah. now. Yeah. Kane and Citizen Kane. Yeah, Citizen. I like I like Kane. You know, Kane Kane does. I'm just saying he yeah. he he's he's supposed to be evil at a part of that movie. I mean, I don't know if he's so much evil. He does he does mess up a room really well. He does uh, mess up a room really yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, yes. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Now I'm just thinking of like movies where like because yeah, uh, Lawrence Olivia and Rebecca. Sure. Maxim De Winter. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Vivian Lee and Gone with the Wind. Although don't. Don't waste your time with Gone with the Wind. Think oh. four four and a half hours of just dredge. Uh, I'm just going to say we are getting it. controversial. Is that co- what, what, in all honesty though? Like seriously, like I, nothing would surprise me more if you get on that discourse. It was like, oh, excuse me, Gone with <laughs> the Wind from 1939, the first color masterpiece. If that happens now, I I, I actually want to be friends with that person. I want to know more about I, their life. I, I do too, actually. I want to know more about who they are. Yeah. <laughs> I hope, yeah. Here's the thing. I hope we get a new Patreon follower <coughs> just like, to get on there. Just to be great. like, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> and, you're, and we're all like, oh man, he wrote it like that sword art line uh, take. He's like, no, I want to talk about Vivian Lee. <laughs> I want to talk about Scarlett O'Hara, please. Oh man. <laughs> no, no, Al, Al was right. Sao was garbage. I want to talk about. <laughs> well, I'm just. I'm just amazed that, like, uh, Josh talked for a while about various uh, protagonists that he doesn't like. Um, and Scott Pilgrim uh, did not come up. I'm, like, shocked. Don't like the movie. So, you know, there's that. You, oh. know? So you don't like they... any of the movie? Dude, that uh, Even if Scott no, Pilgrim... No, I know. Scott... You, don't, you don't like everything that Chris Evans is in that, in that movie. Because I'll be honest, but 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 here but here here's the best part about that Chris Evans plays is like enough of that movie for me. You're right, you're right. And enjoy Chris Evans for the ten minutes he's in that before Scott Pilgrim beats him up. Okay, <laughs> that entire movie is based off the premise that Michael Sarah is about to beat up all the cooler people in that movie. So it's not just the protagonist part. Okay, and also by the way, by the way, Brie Larson's character is way hotter in that movie than Ramona Flowers. I don't care what anyone says. Okay, mm, and Ramona. Wow. The worst in that movie. I don't care what anyone says about that either. And I do not understand why more people don't have that stance. I don't get it. Everybody's always like, everybody's always like, you know, like, oh, you know, poor knives and everything. Like that. No, no. Ramona Flowers is horrible in that movie. Actually, that's my protagonist I don't like, okay? It, wow. you, okay? <laughs> Those two, I do not like either one of them. They're both horrible. Uh, swinging back around to Star Wars, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is currently uh, going to be playing Hera Sindula. And I do Ahsoka. like I do like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. <laughs> that's a great casting. Yeah, that's really good. She's a great actress. She's yeah, a great no, actress. Great. But like, yeah, I, I do not under I don't understand the why anybody. She's also probably my favorite part of Birds of Prey, actually. Fair, yeah. yeah she's actually, she's yeah. actually really yeah. good as 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 as, uh, as, as not hunters. As as not hunters, but yeah. but it's really good at that part. But, yeah. Well, yeah. that, that the who who played not Black Canary in that because she's good um, too. Uh, Journey uh, Smule. 
Yeah, but she's really good. I was about to say, I like all of those actors playing the not versions of their characters. I thought, That's <laughs> like, true. like, the cast of Birds of Prey is, is not the problem with that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, my friends, uh, talking about multiple different con- con- controversial points, possibly. I cannot I- believe he waited until we were an hour, into, an hour and 50 minutes into this, and he was like, hey, Josh. Poke, 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 Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> I just, yeah. It's like, like, why? Why would you do that? There's, that's unnecessary. I just hadn't heard Josh talk about Scott Pilgrim in a while. And so <laughs> I thought I thought I was going to get it organically from this question. Um, <laughs> but just, um, nope. I did not. I've got to get in there. That is I, yeah, dude, I can't let the moment pass me by. No telling when I'll be able to talk about Scott Pilgrim again with Josh. <laughs> I got to <laughs> I got to carpe the DM here. It's going to be an anime. You saw that, right? Yeah. It is going to be an anime. The, cast the whole cast yeah, Everyone's coming back. That's great, man. I like if like, even Anna Kendrick was like, yeah, I'll make some yeah. room for this. And and uh, our boy uh, Kieran Culkin is coming mm-hmm. back as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like Kieran Culkin in that movie. I do. Yeah. I like him. Although he should have had the nerve to be like, Scott, really? Like, you're the worst person. Like, you know, mm. why are you the worst? Go on and end this. End, end. <laughs> This, this ain't a lounge anymore. Wow. We ain't lounge. <laughs> this isn't a lounge anymore. This is a battlefield. Exactly. This is a battlefield. And the enemy is Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> My friends, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Um, we, lo- we, we truly do love you all. And uh, thank you for, also thank you to Johnny for the question. Which Thank brought you, up some very interesting talking points. Yeah, that was fun, um, Johnny. Thank you. Any uh, any disdain for the people who hate Scott Pilgrim? Please uh, address that towards Why Sage. I was about uh, to say, yo, everybody, hop in the Discord and tell me what you love about Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> I'll take it. I, listen, I, I take it basically every day of my life. Everybody, mm. everybody loves every it. day of your life. Everybody loves the <laughs> movie except for me. This is the this is the most persecuted I am on on oh. uh, when it comes to nerd oh, wow. stuff. Yes, not n- yes. not a twenty four hour period passes without some random person coming that's, up to Josh and telling him that Scott Pilgrim's the best. Some random person. I bet you like Scott Pilgrim, don't you? I'm like, no, I don't. And they're all like, but it's like a video game. I'm like, no, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Which sex is a dumb name for a band. Yeah, I said, how dare you? I even even I disagree with you on that one. Anyways, on that note, once again, <laughs> we truly do love you all. Thank you all so very much. Love hope you. you all have a wonderful evening and a wonderful week. And I hope that most importantly, you remember that fandom is for everyone, even if you disagree with us. <laughs> <laughs> all a wonderful evening. We'll see you all next time. <laughs>